The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the clinic. Good morning. Live in studio with me is Jeff Kowal. Let me get this straight. Founder of the Kowal Investment Group. That's right. How's that? Well, good. <laughs> Just 35 years ago. So Yeah, 35 years. Yep. This is your 35th anniversary. So hats off to you, Jeff, for starting a company that obviously worked out to be uh, worked so out far, quite so well. So far, so good. 35 years in. Still work in progress. We're still growing. It's still exciting yeah. and fun to be around. Actually, you've added, speaking of growth, you added a Heartland location recently. Um, uh, the world headquarters are in Waukesha in Port Washington. So if you're in Ozaukee County, nice view of Lake Michigan. Beautiful. Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, right off uh, the freeway at Highway 20, that exit. And in Heartland. Also, go to thekowalway.com for more information Monday through Friday uh, market updates are provided. We had a staff food. This is funny. Yesterday, live at the beginning of the Friday afternoon show, I'm producing Jeff. Now imagine this. I'm over there on that side. Dan O'Donnell is hosting the show. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. When you're talking about computers and when they freeze up and the wrong log is in. Anyway, Aaron Spitzer's ready to go live, which we always do. Your market updates are live. Right. And, at three o'clock, but we breezed right over that and went to the theme music. And Dan said, "What's going on? Is Aaron still with us?" So thank you, Aaron, for putting up with a technical mishap on WISN. And we got in a market update that I didn't want to hear, Jeff, because it was down the Dow over a thousand points. It was a, a pretty ugly day. There's no two ways about it. A good friend of mine texted something. This we talked about about eight weeks ago. This is the time to try men's souls. And it does. When you get hit like that, you think, you know, it's starting to recover. We had four or five weeks in a row. The market was recovering nicely. And then you get slammed like that. It's a little unsettling. Uh, are we likely to have more days like that? Could. Um, you know, with Jay Powell talking about, you know, what he's going to do and how aggressive he's going to be with uh, raising interest rates. He kind of uh, said he's going to do it again, didn't he? Yes. They're, they're talking about at least a, a 75 basis points, 0.75%. This time, maybe next next month, too, they're talking, you know, he says he's going to do pretty aggressively. Investors think that may cause a recession. Uh, there are some things I've got a commentary by uh, Brian Westbury, which is, uh, I thought pretty interesting and pretty telling. We'll go through that. But, yeah, that could be a little unnerving on a Friday. Well, you know what? You've been doing this long enough, Jeff, that when you see a guy talking about Fed rate hikes, you know the market's going to react. The markets always react. Sometimes they react in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Uh, one thing I know about the markets, they go up, they go down, and they will rebound. They this will is a, That's another thing that I thought is good to resurrect, the long-term perspective on the market downturns. That over the last 100 years, since 1926, uh, we've had 11 times where the market has gone down more than 20%. Uh, and each time everybody says, yeah, but this time is, yeah, but this time is different. Oh, no, this time is different. We don't, we've never had this type of political climate, things like that. Really, it's not different. Uh, and each time, uh, the downturn has lasted sometimes a year, sometimes 2.8 years. And, but the recoveries, are, and Paul, you can see this chart. It's hard to show it on the radio. <laughs> I, I see a lot of spikes. It goes up spikes, and then down. Uh, up and, and, it looks like mountain peaks. That's right. And for extended period of time. So when you have a downturn, uh, 
uh, as we did, uh, let's, I could pick any one of these, 1974, 1.7 years, it was down 43% over 1.7 years. Over the next 12 years, it was up 845%. So yeah, the, the spikes are difficult, or the, the downturns are difficult, especially when you're right in the middle of it. But the uh, the recoveries are pretty satisfying, and it's you know there's no guarantee. But if you look at the last hundred years of history, regardless of whether it's the um, housing bubble, the tech bubble, the Korean War, World War II, oh COVID, gosh. it does. There's all kinds of things that have happened over the last hundred years, and we always recover. So, yeah, think of the history, right? It it does put things in perspective, Jeff, and it kind of eases the anxiety a little bit. I I think, I think so too. It it should but again once you when you're right in the middle of it it's unnerving you say how can he say that how can he say with such confidence that it'll recover now what we're doing is we're rebalancing portfolios when the market drops like that we look at it as a buying opportunity so we are actively re repositioning our clients yeah, portfolio you want to buy low yeah right and this is you know since we know that it's likely to recover is this a good time to be buying in perhaps but we think there's still going to be more volatility Let's lay out the rest of the show. we got a lot to do. The sexy segment, the boss segment with Aaron Kowal for business owners, savings, and their security. It's all ahead of us. Those are features we do every week on the Retirement Clinic. I mentioned the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists, and their website. So to reach out, I'll give the phone number and website, thekowalway.com. All the info is there, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. To call them if you've got questions off air, 262-522-4040. On the air, phone lines officially open as of right now. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can call with your questions, 414-799-1130. But every show, you bring topics, pertinent topics to the table. Absolutely. Now, you, you mentioned the website um, there are on there. There are market commentaries. There's previous shows. Uh, check those out. There's also uh, articles on retirement planning that are pertinent. Uh, and you can also email us with questions if you have questions for uh, the upcoming show. Uh, a couple of things I want. I, I there's a uh, lot of retirement stuff on your website. I just noticed. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's kind of what you do. Yeah, but we also manage a billion dollars of assets for our clients. So we there's a lot of times investment uh, items in there too in our weekly commentary. Our team understands that. Um, when we see clients, what are the most important things to them? One is is Roth IRAs, especially this time of year, and we have to talk about it. Gee, so, do we talk about that again? Well, we want to talk about it because it comes up constantly with our clients, and I think that that's important. And at what age do you do it? I want to get to that in a second, but first... Um, we, we were talking about the economy, what happened yesterday. This was a, a First Trust. Brian Westbury is a chief economist for First Trust. One thing we must remember when looking at economic data is that everything is distorted. The U.S., in fact, much of the world panicked in 2020. COVID caused uh, governments around the world to implement unprecedented policies. The U.S. borrowed, printed, spent its way through the lockdowns. Uh, we we believe that's first trust. It's hard to understand that the economic bill for these policies is soon coming due. We don't expect a recession like in 2020 or a repeat of the Great Recession of 2008 to 2009. But the unemployment rate will eventually go up. Job growth will go negative. Industrial production will fall. 
and so will corporate profits. At that point, we won't have a big debate about whether we're in a recession. Everybody will know it. Uh, that's the, the opinion of uh, Brian Westbury. In the meantime, before the real recession data sets in, uh, some, uh, many people will believe the recession is already here. Um, so, you know, with, with what a fiasco, more employment at large firms, less at small firms, more renters, fewer owners, lower inflation-adjusted incomes, distorted economic data, the cost of the lockdowns, one of the biggest policy mistakes in U.S. history. I know it's absolutely immense that it's affecting the economy. I, I think I could talk to 10 people, not advisors and professionals as yourself, Jeff, just 10 people, friends, coworkers, whatever. And I would get 10 different answers to this question. Are we now currently in a recession? Uh, it's an easy one, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, the classic definition is now the, the, the government wants to wait to see, you know, because they want to keep pushing it off, pushing it off, hopefully push off an a, a official declaration of a recession till after the election because they don't want that word to keep coming up. So but yet the R word going. does not be uttered in any campaign speech, right? That's right. And they're, they're saying, well, we don't exactly know. We're waiting for more data to come out. More data came out confirming it this week. But they're waiting for more and more and more data. I think the conclusive evidence is going to come out, coincidentally, right after the election. But it's <laughs> but two we've consecutive had, quarters of negative which growth. Negative growth, negative GDP growth, which we've had. And we've had it, so it fits the definition. It, it does indeed. But again, they don't want to admit it until no. after the election. There's always a but after everything. Yeah. No, we're in it. We're in a recession. That's a that's a yes, right? That's a yes. Okay. Well, you answered it right away. <laughs> that was pretty easy. Yeah, you didn't dance around that. No. Okay, we're in a recession. Does that change how you plan things? Well, how close are you to retirement? What's your timetable? This is what you do every day with your clients, Jeff. That's right. And some of the topics that come up again, you know, because we are retirement planning specialists and we manage a lot of money for our clients. Social Security is a big part of that. Um, Social Security benefits could increase at decades high rate in 2023, according to the Senior Citizens League. Uh, it said inflation improved slightly, but the CPI, a measure of inflation, increased by 8.5% annually, uh, according to Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, inflation levels are so high, they're saying that the cost of living average, COLA, for 2023 is predicted to be 9.6%, the highest level since 1981. So it's, it's possible, I say likely, that uh, Social Security COLA will be up, could be up almost 10% for next year. That's significant, right? No, I'll say, <laughs> yeah. So if your if your social security is two thousand dollars a month, it could go up to twenty two hundred dollars a month, almost a ten percent increase. So yeah, that's significant, and it never goes down. It could be zero, but it'll never go down from there. So I think that's fairly significant. I want to get to uh, Roth IRA conversions again for all ages. Questions regarding how age affects the decision to convert to Roth IRAs are common. Oftentimes, retirement savers. Search for a definitive line in the sand. How old is too old to convert? Uh, there is no universal magic number. A lot of times it's a personal choice. But again, the, the, the question comes up repeatedly um, with our clients, especially as we head into the last quarter of this year. Uh, this is the time that you have to make a decision. Um, and it, it'll impact your taxes, Medicare premiums, growth and recovery and other things. So it's it's one part of retirement planning puzzle and involves taxes and again investments. 
Um, but this is one of the top questions from clients. And if you look at the data, uh, the Dow is down 11%. S&P 500 is down 15% this year. NASDAQ is down t- almost 23%. Oh. And bonds are down 10%. So every asset category is down. Is down. So if you have an opportunity to convert to a Roth IRA and have all that Roth IRA money grow tax-free because you know it's going to recover, it's down so much now, you know it's going to recover, doesn't make sense for you to do it now. And I think that you at least have to think about it. Tax-free meaning? Everybody's different. Once you pay the taxes up front. Yeah, and and you do with a Roth. With a Roth conversion, yep. With a Roth or a Roth conversion, you pay the taxes up front. So then all that growth is tax-free. So if you know that it's down now, is this a great opportunity? Just like you were talking about, buy low yeah. is a good time to convert. I think the answer would be yes. Convert low. Absolutely, <laughs> I think. Um, the it's, it, Again, everybody's different. A conversion can potentially be the right move at any age. Um, Roth IRA conversions for younger people are usually a wise strategy. Younger people are generally in a lower tax bracket. Not yet accumulated large sums of money within their IRAs or 401ks as such a conversion should not generate a large tax hit. Uh, Also, time is on their side. Younger people have an extended time horizon to save and accrue tax-free earnings in a Roth IRA. Yeah, if you're 26, 27, and your career is going just starting right now, do you really care about these drops in the markets, or should you care? you're in it for the long haul. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, this is when you're so young, and, and typically you're not at the peak of your income when you're in your 20s. So your tax hit is not going to be too bad. So you should take a look at doing it. Midlife conversions, let's look at that. For middle-aged mm-hmm. savers, Roth conversions can also be a good planning opportunity. However, this may be a little more complicated analysis, although I don't think so. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, but some think that a Roth conversion makes sense for those who are concerned that they will be subjected to future tax tax rate increases, higher earners are likely to be good candidates. So in, in, uh, uh, in the mid-years, yes, it makes sense for you to do it. If you're not at the peak of your income and you think that your income is going to rise, I think that if it's going to be seven years or more before you're going to use the money, I think statistically it shows that the impact, the power of the tax-free growth, seven years or longer, makes sense to convert. Um, and then for... For, for the older folks For the there. older folks. For, there's no age limit when a when a person is too old to do a Roth conversion. We're doing it with people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. It makes sense. Um, One of the big things is that, remember President Trump's tax cuts? Those are set to expire. It seems like a million years ago. It was a million years ago. They're set to expire in 2025, which seems like a million years away, but that's only three years away. Yep. Um, So... Just in time for his first year in the White House. I, well, <laughs> unless there's, uh, if there is, as we hope, uh, all you know that that he's in the White House and others, and we have the House and the Senate, and we could do, they're they're likely to uh, extend the um, the tax cuts beyond 2025. But if if that's not, if the Democrats are in, they're likely to try and take some other tax strategy, probably raising it, raising taxes. 
Um, so again, you have a window of the next three years to do Roth conversions at what's perceived to be a lower tax bracket. Yeah, so why not do why that? Why not do it now? First of all, you get the big tax break. Secondly, it grows tax-free when the market's lower. Third is that all those are not subject to, Roth IRAs are not subject to required minimum distributions. So now you have all this growth tax-free, and later on, when you hit 72, again, a million years from now, uh, you're going to be happy that you have all this money in tax-free growth. Yeah. Right? Now, now, the closer I get to retirement, you know, people start getting a little panicky. They look at their, their portfolio. They look at their balance, and they see that a day like yesterday where it's down 1,000 points. Should they be panicking? Because when you retire, you don't, you don't, you don't stop your savings, do you? No, you don't. Some people do. Um, but we're finding that, and Marie brought it up the other day, that we, we plug in uh, cost of living increases for our clients. Mm-hmm. So let's say that we plug in 3% growth, uh, cost of living increase each a year. year. And in the meeting, she said, really, in the years I've been at this, people don't necessarily increase it each year. You know, if they're living on... $120,000 a year. Next year, they're not going to live on a $128,000 if that's 3% growth. Yeah. They generally don't. They say, you know, if I need to, I'll take more money out. But a lot of times, you know, they've pre-planned and said, I'm okay with the current level of spending and, and they're not increasing their withdrawals necessarily. Some do. But we project out you know, to age 100 because, we, you know, we joke, what if you screw up and live a long time? Yeah, well, and some we, people do. Yeah, what well if into you, their 90s. What, yeah, what if you live into your 90s, well into your 90s and need money, then what do you do? So we plan for that. But again, her observation was a lot of people don't take those increases every year. You could, yeah. but a lot of people don't. Who is uh, it? Yeah, I know we got a break, Spencer. Quick bother me in there. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I sound like? Belly. I sound like Belly. Yeah, yeah, quit bothering me. Quit bothering me. I know we got a break. Uh, Unlike Mark, I can't go as long as I want to. (laughs) I I do have to break. So we will. um, And then we'll come back. Uh, But I do want to wrap this up because I was going to get to a guy like, okay, I'm in my late 50s. And let's say you're just thinking about retirement. Again, you can do things in retirement, right? It's not like that's going to all be gone. You have to work with somebody, I think, an advisor like yourself that knows what they're doing. Absolutely, and we work with this every day. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that this is the type of thing that we actual things that we see with our clients on a day-to-day basis. We are client-facing. We see this. We're front lines with this with our clients' retirement planning. Yeah. Whether it's investments, tax planning, estate planning, Roth conversions, these are important things. And And all ages. Well, when we get back from the break, I want to get into a little more detail about the older folks because that uh, there are some complications with that with Medicare premiums and other things that you have to be aware of. Yeah, Medicare premiums can fluctuate based on your income. That's right. If there's income in retirement. That's your, and you won't don't want to have any self-inflicted wounds in that. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to do damage to your own taxes because of a slight miscalculation. But I can see where this from your perspective it just the answer is it depends. It's case by case. Yes. You know, some people have some income in retirement, some don't. Some live lavish lifestyles well in the retirement, some don't. We'll be right back with Jeff Kowal. In fact, I think we've got Aaron's boss segment, right? That's set to go. That's coming up after the break, and then we'll get right back to it. And if you want to chime in or have a question about you and your retirement, the Accident Mortgage Line is always open. We're live with Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, 799-1130. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. If you're considering selling your business, it's safe to say you want to get what your company's worth. But what if you could sell for above? When you position your company for sale, you will need to do some research on the marketplace and, of course, talk to a team of professionals to get a better sense of what your specific business is worth. But these efforts alone will only give you the averages. To go beyond the averages, your fundamental building blocks must be strong before you go to market. You need to ask, is the value proposition crystallized? Can my business generate profits consistently? Is my business growing and are growth opportunities identified? Is my business reliable, sustainable, and transferable? Are employees motivated and incentivized to stay under new ownership? You need good answers to these essential questions. To position your company for an above average price, you will need key components such as providing strategic value to the buyer, eliminating pain for the buyer, demonstrating significant opportunities for growth, and have something special that is not easy to replicate. Buyers may be more willing to pay you an above market price if they believe their investment and resources will propel growth and realize returns. Keep in mind, you don't have to wait until you're ready to sell to start positioning your company for sale. In fact, the earlier you develop your plans and relationships with professionals like us, the better. If you need help positioning your business for sale, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal. I should mention both Jeff Kowal and Aaron have been named to the Forbes Best In-State Wealth Advisor list for this year, 2022. Congrats to you, your son Aaron, who is president of the Kowal Investment yeah, Group. That's pretty awesome. Jeff, you're the founder. And again, this year, 35th anniversary, 35 years in business, thekowalway.com. Check it out. All the staff, the pictures. Uh, you've got it. Just a great yeah, we group do a of great, folks. Great team. And do you realize that in a couple of weeks, it's going to be our uh, 21st anniversary of doing this show? 21 years, Paul. Man, I remember your 20th because it seems like yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was. It seemed like it was yesterday. You're right. Again, it going was, back uh, to 9/11, you started right. your show the, the Saturday before 9/11. Then we took the next Saturday off. Correct. Am I correct? Yep. Yep. Because we were still doing wall-to-wall network programming right. on the weekends. Think of that. 9/11 was such a big story that a week after it, most stations, including ours, Jerry Bott made the decision, and rightfully so. To go wall to wall, that was a fluid story. We didn't know if there were more attacks coming. Yeah, that was that was pretty profound, uh, obviously. But yeah, we started September eighth of twenty of two thousand one. Um, started the show, so that anniversary is coming up. But let me finish up on the Roth conversions, Paul, if I could. You bet. Because um, I think it's it's important, especially when you, when you talk about are you too old to convert. Uh, there's no age when a person is too old to do a Roth conversion. Uh, again, just backing up a little bit, Roth conversions, you pay the taxes up front, gross tax-free forever. Um, markets are down now, so maybe there's a little more appeal to do it now. And uh, uh there are no required minimum distributions from Roth IRAs, uh, as there are from traditional IRAs in 401ks. But older individuals may think that they do not have a long time to reap the benefits of a conversion. But that overlooks the potential for using a Roth conversion as a state planning strategy. This is very important for older individuals who do not need their retirement savings soon or at all who plan to pass these funds on to their heirs. A Roth conversion is an effective estate planning vehicle. Um, this is pertinent even more so now after elimination of the stretch IRA with the SECURE Act. A Roth conversion can eliminate 
the tax bill for beneficiaries since the tax will be paid up front at the conversion, possibly at lower rate, lower tax rates now. Let me just put that in perspective. Um, you know, you, you'll see this, but if with older people, their kids may be in their 50s or 60s. There may be, they may be at the peak of their income. So if you can pay, if do a Roth conversion. Wait, who's at the peak? The kids. The kids would Yeah, pay. the kids are at the peak. So, so, in order, so if you're inheriting a Roth IRA, if the kids are inheriting a Roth IRA, that's tax-free at the time they're at the peak of their income. That's fantastic. What a great gift. That'd be like me. For the kids, yeah. And I'm in my 50s. Yeah. This so is clearly the peak of my career. It doesn't yep. get any yeah, well, I mean it's true. Yeah, you work. I've been here 31 years. I've constantly worked my way as far. I don't know if I've hit a glass ceiling, but what's left for me to do? I'm Mark Belling's producer, and I do all these weekend shows. I'm very happy and content. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that are like you that end their careers at this point, sometimes not voluntarily. <laughs> Whether at the, at the those are painful to see when somebody you know gets let go, and we may see that over the next year and a half because of what we're the recession, because the economy and a recession potential the recession that we're in now and uh, potential volatility in the market, I slowdown this, in hiring. Remember, like, like six that? months ago, we were saying all these jobs help wanted signs everywhere, not just restaurants, but you know, corporations help wanted. There were jobs. If you want one, you could get one. I, I think that's going to be different this winter. I I think there's a real possibility of that, Paul. Um, now, co- companies will still try to fight like hell to make money. So you know, corporate earnings may still look okay. We may have a couple dips in the corporate earnings, but they may recover because they will fight. They will do whatever they can to make money, passing the, con- uh, the, the costs on to consumers. Um, but I would not be surprised with that uh, at all. But... Uh, not that we see uh, an increase in people losing their jobs at the top of their income. Um, That's not fun either. No, God, no. And let's say you're 55. Okay. You know, I'm not yet ready to retire. But that's why it's important to see somebody who specializes in that because there are some things you can do if you're between 55 and 59 and a half. If you're 52 and you lose your job, if you're 62 and you're leaving work, really, that's a specialized area of planning. And everybody from top to bottom at the Kowal Investment Group, our, our entire team works with uh, people who are close to already in retirement with $750,000 or more in retirement assets. One last thing on this Roth conversion for older people, Paul. Uh, older individuals should also be advised that a Roth conversion does increase ordinary income for the year of the conversion, uh, potentially causing the loss of valuable tax credits and deductions, taxation on Social Security, potentially increased premiums for Medicare Part B and Part D. However, that additional income is only for one year. Trade-off is tax-free earnings and distributions from the Roth IRA. Do you have to weigh the, the pluses and the minuses? You know, that's the type of tax plan that we do. Are you bumping up against the next tax bracket for taxes? Okay, you got that covered. Great, we're not. But then you look at the Medicare premiums. Are you bumping up? Are you going to increase your Medicare premiums? Are you okay with that? Is it still worth the the benefit of long-term tax-free growth in a Roth IRA conversion? These conversion topics Jeff has been focusing on today rather in-depth. If you've got questions off the air, if you qualify or just think maybe maybe this is for me. Again, you're paying taxes up front. Maybe a tough pill to swallow, Jeff, at the time. But the bigger picture down the road, it's the right thing to do. That's right. Tax-free growth for the rest of your life is very powerful. And then the, the ability to pass it tax-free to your heirs and let them continue that, most cases, uh, for at least 10 years after your death with a, a modified stretch is really pretty powerful. I mean, nobody likes paying taxes. Right. Unless you're a Democrat, they seem to like them. 
Well, do they like it? Well, I guess so. I mean, they, they, they don't. They don't object. What about the student? We haven't even brought up the student loan thing because that's really off topic. We'll leave that to. The uh, Jay Webbers and Bellings, but how can you have that much uh, money? Yeah, they were saying it was only going to cost about seven hundred million. Now they're saying, oh, no, that's going to cost at least a trillion. A trillion, at least a trillion. Well, yeah. who's paying for that? We tried to get an answer from them on that. <laughs> it's us. The White House press secretary can't answer a question. She's incapable of it. Yeah, I see Jen Psaki, I'd love to have her back. I would, I'm not sure I'd Circle like that Circle back no, no. At least she put on a show. This woman can't speak. Well, It's not good. Yeah. No, they don't answer it. You're right. They just don't answer it. But it's us. The answer is us. The, uh, the answer is taxpayers. I mean, yeah. everything comes from taxpayers. They have to pay for it somehow. All of us who paid off our, st- our student loans, all oh. of us who never went to college, all of those, uh, we're going to be paying those off. Which I, this is, is this good for, they're saying Biden is buying votes, right? Is it? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because they, well, that's a, that's a, that, you're right. That is a totally different issue. Um, but but, yes, but they, it's interesting to talk about, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And, and they are buying votes and they it, it might work because a lot of those things have worked in the past. And that's what I said. I, I My opinion is I, I don't think it's right. I think it stinks, but it might work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want to win the election. Let me address this now uh, again. Uh, it, um, if you have questions, give me a call at the office. Give us a call here. Um, uh, uh, to follow up on this, but this is a uh, Social Security says benefits could last longer than it thought. This is always interesting. And now even with, uh, I don't know if they figured in the potential almost 10% increase next year, but the Social Security Administration released a new outlook for its trust funds. And this was just a couple weeks ago, showing that Social Security benefits could last longer than originally projected. Social Security funds are expected to be depleted by 2035, one year later than the Social Security Administration had previously predicted. Uh, when this happens, benefits paid out to Social Security recipients will be slashed by 20%. So what does that mean? That's kind of what Carol Richardson says, that it's not going to go away completely. There may be modification of benefits. Um, Everybody thinks Social Security will not be there for them. I hear this from so many of my it's, friends. It's not the case because it's not exactly an entitlement because you've been pay- we've all been paying into yeah. it. One generation paying for the next. But you have to be um, – and, and it's such a hot potato that politicians don't even want to touch it. They don't want to talk about no. cutting benefits or overfunding it or anything like that. Well, there are people that solely live on Social Security. Right. That's it. They don't have a retirement plan, right. which is why we started this show many years ago, Jeff. It's a stress you really need to take personal responsibility That's right. and save on your own and not depend on Uncle Sam. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, th- th- what happens is that if the fund runs out of money in theory, that there's still money coming in because of they're taking from our payroll. But that would support a 20% reduction in Social Security benefits. A couple of things that were brought up over the last couple of decades with President Bush, with Alan Greenspan, and with Paul Ryan, each one having a... Uh, uh, a, pro, a, pro, a program or a possibility of saving Social Security. Each one came up with the fact that if you decrease the increases for certain people, that's enough to su- sustain the benefits for others. Meaning that I remember Alan Greenspan said, you know, if you're getting two thousand dollars a month and your income is above a certain level, high income like thirty three thousand a year, <laughs> no higher income, that uh, you may instead of a three percent increase per year, you might get a one percent increase, and that alone is enough to save Social Security. But uh, the 
combined assets. It's important to strengthen Social Security for future generations. Social Security Acting uh, Commissioner said the trustees recommended that lawmakers address the projected trust fund shortfalls in a timely way in order to phase in necessary changes gradually. Social Security will continue to be a vital part of the lives of 66 million beneficiaries and 182 million workers and their families during 2022. If you want to improve your finances, it's half of America. Yeah. Um, So you take the potential for big benefit height next year. uh, And then uh, again, the possibility that social security will last uh, all the way to 2035. And last year it was projected to go to 2034. Well, good stuff on Social Security. Our good friend Carol Richson, who has been on the show and will be back, answers all of those questions. Um, and she always says, go to the website, find out. You can create an account. Jeff, they used to mail that stuff to us. Yeah, this can be very frustrating at times. <laughs> <laughs> the website, you mean? Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be really easy. First time I did it, it was super easy. Now I try to get back on it. Like, you know, I forget my website. They keep selling, <laughs> sending me. Oh, you forgot uh, your password. My password. And you couldn't get back in. I still can't get back in. Well, don't you click forgot password? Yeah, and then, and then they're supposed to send something to me. They don't send something to me. Then they say we're going to send it. You know, to your mailing address. We don't get the mailing address. That part of it is a little bit frustrating. It's the government. And that's usually, you know, the Social Security Administration had been one of the, and still is, one of the better uh, government agencies, I think. Well, there's a lot of them, right? There's a lot of governmental agencies. Yes, but this one had been pretty reliable, you know, and, and you know, benefits come on a pretty timely basis. You, they're usually pretty responsive. So it's not, I don't want to badmouth Social Security Administration because they've been actually one of the better ones. Yeah. I still have my original Social Security card. So that's impressive. That's you remember, you had to carry it with you for years. I thought you had I to was always told you. to keep it in my right. wallet, right? My billfold, as I called it as a child. I was proud of that. Yeah, same here. Got it laminated. Yeah, you didn't put it in your spike as you know in the spokes, to- <laughs> <laughs> like my Robin Yount rookie card. That's right. Yeah, I those- did, and my my brother kept his. We bought them together, and my, I put mine in my bike like an idiot. Well, who does? I probably had a Hank Aaron one that I put in there. <laughs> You're right. Worth like thousands of, of dollars. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Made a cool sound. Still, my favorite all-time brewer, he spent his entire career, the kid, Robin Young. Yep. Love that guy. Uh, if he's, Have you seen him recently, by the way? Oh, we saw him about two years ago. Uh, he's Aaron, got the Aaron Rodgers hair going. Oh, yeah. oh that not that recently, but yep. yeah, he had long hair before. It's long it? hair, but he's tied it to the bun. Oh, the yeah. The little man the bun. The man bun, oh, boy. Yep. Hey, <laughs> listen, they can have the, their hair can be whatever, shaved, ponytail, man bun, as long as they play. That's right. Play well. And they still have hair, too, so that's good. Right, I can mock them. <laughs> they, I couldn't put a man bun yeah. in this head. Okay, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. The sexy segment is, believe it or not, going to be about death. When death interrupts otherwise good plans. <laughs> wow. This Don't go anywhere. This is going to be worth sticking around for. It's coming up next. It's about wealth management and preservation, a different spin each week. With Jeff Kowal, this is WISN's Retirement Clinic. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. That music, maybe you've 
noticed or not, but there's a theme musically on the retirement clinic each week. Kenny Loggins uh, this week, so we played a little Footloose <laughs> earlier. But this segment, when you hear the stripper theme, it's sexy, right? The sexy segment is about wealth and management preservation. This week, Jeff, with a little spin on, what'd you say, death? Yes. Well, I, it was interesting because some people say, didn't I, I got that stupid song in my mind the rest of the day. So <laughs> it's the last thing, song yeah. you heard. Yeah, so it's always, it, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. And anyway, I think it's David Rose that wrote that. And it's, it is a stripper thing. But it is we, David we talk Rose. About, um, you know, if you, uh, uh, this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it? Take income from it and pass it on to your heirs. And you might not think you have that much money, but if you have $500,000 in your 401k, you have $500,000 of assets elsewhere, you have a million dollars. If you have 500000 of life insurance or a million, you have got two million. If you own your own business, if you get an inheritance, if you win the lottery, if you go through a divorce, all these types of things are ways that you may have a fair amount of money. Uh, over a million dollars. So this is an interesting article that I thought this is from uh, Ed Slot, and, and he's probably the, one of the foremost authorities on retirement planning and retirement savings. And it, it, just a couple of snippets from here. Uh, when death interrupts is the title of it. Death is the ultimate disruptor of any activity. However, death does not mean that time stops for the living. The sun will rise, businesses will open, and the financial markets will continue Life to ebb and goes flow. on. Yes, it does. Uh, as painful as it might be. But accounts left behind by recently deceased still need attention. For IRA owners and beneficiaries, it's imperative to know what transactions are and what are not permitted after the death of the account owner. Let's just touch on a couple of these. Can an IRA contribution be made on behalf of a deceased individual in the year of the death? What about a contribution for the prior year? The IRS ruled years ago that once an IRA owner is dead, a contribution cannot be made. This I thought was pretty interesting, Paul, because it's, they said it's one of the most rational things that ever came out of the, of the IRS. Listen to their logic. They said a contribution not, cannot be made to, for a retirement plan for somebody who's dead because it would not be a contribution for retirement purposes. <laughs> Duh. You, you're if you're dead. dead, you're not making a contribution for your future retirement. No, you're not. That would seem to make sense. They said that's most of the succinct things that the IRS ever did. In other words, a retirement contribution cannot be made after you are dead because you are no longer in need of a retirement plan. Um, Maybe this is why the IRS recently added, what was it, 87,000 agents? Oh, yeah. Because they, they yeah, just need so much help. Yeah, it makes it go after the living and the dead. Gee. The IRS stated that the primary purpose of the IRS for retirement, if an IRA contribution is initiated at death, it will be an excess contribution subject to a 6% penalty for that year, and each subsequent year it remains in the IRA. So just don't do it. QCDs after death. This is another one that I thought was interesting. Explain qualified qualified charitable distributions. Yeah, uh, you can make up up to a hundred thousand dollar qualified charitable distribution after death. It cannot be made from a decedent's IRA account post death. A qualified charitable distribution is only allowable if it's initiated prior to death. Even if the beneficiary and all interested parties agree on doing one, it cannot be made from the original IRA. Uh, another thing, uh, uh, SEP contributions. When an IRA contribution cannot be made after the death of an IRA owner, that same rule applies 
The same rule does not apply to SEP IRAs. SEP contributions are not made by the account owner himself, but rather by the employer. The employer must still fund the SEP IRA for qualifying employees, even if the employee has since died. So if there was some income that year, they may be subject to and might have to make a contribution for it. Uh, when, while a deceased person cannot have a contribution made to his own IRA, a spouse of a deceased individual can make a spousal contribution to her IRA based on income earned by the deceased spouse. So a spouse can do it. Um, and I think one other thing that, that, that I think is important, uh, Roth con uh, conversions uh, uh, can be made in the death of one of the spouses. And that, I think, is actually fairly important um, because it could be the last time that you're filing a joint return. Um, it would be with that spouse. Right, right. So that you may have some benefit of doing a Roth conversion that year, even after one of the spouses passed away. So, they, so for example, they pass away in June. Or is that what you're saying? Yes. You could still do it that tax year? A Roth year? conversion. If you file a joint return, yeah. you could still do a Roth conversion. The just surviving spouse could still do it. Now, you're not doing a conversion for the deceased spouse, but it may make sense for you to do a conversion. The surviving spouse yeah. might make sense to do a conversion that year because that's in the same tax year. Just conclusion, Benjamin Franklin once said, in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. Boy, was he right. No kid. Death is a traumatic event. Understanding the rules and nuances governing what retirement account transactions can and cannot be completed when death interrupts is essential in minimizing aggravation and unnecessary financial losses during an already difficult time. Benjamin Franklin had some excellent quotes. <laughs> that might be the best one, though. That was a great sexy segment. And informative as Death well. Death interrupts, yep. Now, if you want to reach out off the air, the Kowal Investment Group, again, we talked about their 35th anniversary with locations in Waukesha. The newest location is in Heartland, Racine, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona. TheKowalWay.com or to talk to somebody Monday through Friday, pick up the phone, 262-522-4040. Jeff Kowal, your host here on WISN. We'll be right back. Is Loggins a Messina yeah, or just Kenny Loggins? Does it say Spencer? Yeah. See, I like him. It's Is it Yacht Rock? It, it is indeed. You it hear is. It every other song on Yacht Rock Radio is Kenny Loggins, and the other one is uh, Michael McDonald. But he had some good songs. Vahiva La is, a, is an interesting song. That, I don't know if you remember that one from the 70s. That was a good song, too. That, and, of course, Loggins Footloose, had. right, with oh, the yeah. movie. Um, so today yeah, was Kenny Loggins' hits, day. Yeah, Oh, yeah, Danger right. Zone from Top Gun. That's right. That's a, did you see Maverick yet? The I didn't. We just don't have time. <laughs> Fine. I, on Father's Day, it was the first movie since, I think, COVID that I've been to a theater. And you forget the sound and everything. Anyway, it's, it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. 
as we wrap up the retirement clinic, Jeff, boy, you covered everything from IRA uh, conversions, Roth conversions. Yep. I think that was a big takeaway from today's show. Um, remind our listeners, if you're not a client of the Cowell Investment Group, they welcome your phone calls. Absolutely. Uh, 262-522-4040 or the Cowellway.com. If you have $750,000 or more retirement assets, you're close to already in retirement. If your advisor has not contacted you, if you're not getting the planning to go along with the investing. Um, We address all areas of planning, the estate planning part of it, uh, the taxes, uh, the investments, of course, with a billion dollars of assets. But if you have assets scattered all over and you want to consolidate that, uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why people come to us. Another reason that uh, people come to us is do-it-yourselfers. They're tired of doing it themselves. And another reason is they want the personal touch. They want a local firm that has global reach. And as you mentioned, with Barron's and with Forbes, and with this, you know, we, get, we get national recognition, not because we're awesome, which I think we are, but we always put our clients' interests first. We always act as fiduciaries and care about you and your success. Celebrating 35 years of service, the Kowal Investment Group. Remember, Monday through Friday, the market updates uh, during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. news blocks, if the computers don't go crazy. Even then, we got it on. It was beautiful. Aaron Spitzner <laughs> worked his way through it. Remember, the Kowalway.com, great website, the Kowalway.com, or call 262-522-4040. Jeff Kowal, thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in to WISN and the Retirement Clinic.